With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Monday, August 2nd. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. This is the Talking Yang version of the weekly podcast. Chris and I are going to talk a lot of training camp items. You caught the XM show today. It's going to be a lot of that, too. So I apologize if there's any redundancies. But, uh, hey, we have actual news from training camp, Chris. we got a lot of stuff going on. Got a lot, you know, scheduling our big drafts. We had a steak dinner. Had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, first of all, how are you in the last 30 minutes? Still good? I'm good. Yeah, nothing bad happened. I got a coffee. Heather brought me a coffee, so that made my that helped me. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, things are fine. Um, not with some of my picks, but things are fine otherwise. You got a lovely outdoor background there. Where are you? I'm at Heather's mom's house, uh, where we are for the next couple of days before we head back to Portugal. Uh, it's nice here, but I honestly can't wait to just get back home, my yeah. own space, my own stuff. Not working on this laptop all the time. I get my big screens up. Um, have a, a legit work routine, you know, where I'm not like scrambling on a couch and avoiding different things. Um, so, yeah, but it's fine. It's not too bad here. This podcast is brought to you by WinBet. W Y N N Bet. Uh, thanks for their sponsorship. Big news right off the top: Carson Wentz out uh, five to twelve weeks. He's has he's getting surgery today at four o'clock Eastern, actually, for uh, the broken bone in his foot, uh, and he'll be out this time. Michael Pittman goes down, down, down. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, also Paris Campbell get hurt. Even Jonathan Taylor gets hurt by this. Yeah, I downgraded Pittman and Taylor a little bit, although Taylor did not fall to six. I still have him as number five uh, because I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to get a lot of work. I actually think Marlon Mack is going to get more work, and it's not going to necessarily be a problem because they're just going to be a run and defense team. I mean, Jacob Eason is a rookie. Not a rookie. I mean, he's never played. And what was he like a fourth round pick last year with yep. modest uh, college stats? Like this is like the chance that Easton is good is slim. You know, it's possible. Obviously, you never know. Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. It happens, but the chances are, you know, very slim that this guy is good. And so, you know, they're a good team. Otherwise, they have a good defense, good offensive line. Although Quentin Nelson had a, a foot thing today, we'll see how serious that is. But assuming he's healthy, the rest of the team is good. So what do you do? Well, you run it. You throw short passes, you play defense, 
and you just play that style of football. And I think right. that's going to benefit the running backs, but it's, it's going to, there'll be fewer red zone looks, fewer trips down there, fewer touchdowns. Uh, and they may split it up a lot and um, just run it 40, 50 times a game. And I, I think you got to play it that way unless they were somehow able to, uh, you know, bring in a, a veteran quarterback, but I just don't know who's there. Right. You'll be, there'll be more stacked boxes. There'll probably be shorter passes. Maybe uh, Naeem Hines gets more targets, or maybe Taylor gets more targets for all we know. But uh, I think he will. I think he yeah. will get tons of targets. I, I think that the stack boxes thing cuts both ways, though, because you remember uh, Jamal Lewis on the Ravens and they had no QB. They had like Bowler and Trent Dilfer and a lot of scrubs. Yep. And there's that year he had 2,000 yards. And basically, what happened was they'd stacked the box. It was a good offensive line and nine guys up in the box. And if they broke a hole and that linebacker or safety, you know, took the wrong angle. It was to the house, 80 yards touchdown. So that is the, the, you know, the sack box matters, but you know, at the same time, once you break through, there is no second level, you know, it's gone. So you'll get more stuffs, but you'll also get more big plays. That's true. Uh, It helps when you have, you know, that Baltimore example, it helps when you have an elite offensive line, the Colts have a very good offensive line, but they had to change a tackle. So, you know, we'll see if Eric Fisher, is up to snuff. Remember, he you know he missed the Super Bowl. Uh, he's coming back from a torn Achilles. Uh, he suffered it in January. It's not like he suffered it midseason either. He suffered it very late in the season. That's a big gamble right there. Whether he can you know handle left tackle, left tackle being a very important position. Yeah, I mean he's been a left tackle right most of his career. I would think right. And yeah. so either he's healthy or he's not. But like again, like when a lineman recovers from an ACL or an Achilles. It's not like a running back or a wide receiver, right? He's not like making, running full speed and making sharp cuts. He's just kind of like, you know, as long as he's healthy and he can stand in place and push, um, you know, I, I think it's a different requirement for those guys. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I, I, I'll acknowledge that we're not really as important. It's not as, as important to have the sprint speed, although you get a speed rusher on the outside, they got to have that agility. So that, that does matter a little bit there, but still we consider the Colts offensive line, generally speaking, a plus. If question is is healthy, this is, he got hurt today. I mean, this is something we got to see if it's nothing good. If it's something now they're, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, And what is uh, Nelson's injury? What is, you know, he left with the foot injury. We don't know that they don't say anything else. Yeah. I I haven't seen a whole lot there uh, out there. So that's something to, to keep an eye out on there. Obviously, that's a big deal. Dinged his foot during practice, believes he was stepped on. So, uh, okay, could be worse as far as we know. But if you, leave, know. if you leave the field, you know, you're hurt. You know, I mean, these guys, in terms of like, think about it like, it's not like you're, you know, my nine-year-old got hurt during a, you know, whatever she's doing. And, you know, she's pretty tough, actually. But like, you know, yeah. you would take them out because there's because someone stepped on their foot grown man offensive lineman is not leaving just because someone stepped on his foot and it hurt for 30 seconds. Like right. something happened. Like you don't just, you don't, you know, stop doing your job as one of those guys, unless like, you know, they cleated into your foot and sliced it or bruised it pretty badly. I mean, it's usually something probably. Yeah, that's probably right. That's, that's probably true. So we'll watch for that one there. I had my step I mean, foot stepped on in soccer by this guy who was about 15 pounds heavier than me yet faster, which was fun. Uh, I was trying to defend him and stepped in his path and he stepped on me. Lesson is don't step in people's paths when they're, especially when they outweigh you. Well, uh, I mean, Jeff, to say he was faster, I think is unnecessary at this point. Is that, is it's gilding the lily there well, a little just, bit? Just so people know, <laughs> he, we presume he was faster. All right. Um, 
Okay, fine. Uh, but that that's actually a big deal there. So we'll, we'll watch for more on that one there uh, to find out uh, exactly where we're going to have, uh, wh- wh- who we're going to have at quarterback, whether the Colts make a deal or not. I mean, but there, for whom? I mean, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. I mean, you know, Nick Foles I, I is a free agent, right? They don't have to. They can just oh, sign, yeah, him. sign him. Yeah, but I mean, Foles was terrible the last couple of years. Terrible. Like, I, you know, it's like I would rather just go with Eason at that point. I mean, that to Nick me, Foles would have such a destabilizing influence on poor Carson Wentz too. I mean, oh my god, that would be like psychological warfare. You know. Yeah. Uh, the the other guy that would be really interesting to make an offer for because apparently Trey Lance is having a good camp. Offer like a second for Garoppolo. I mean, to me, that's like a. I mean, the Niners going to turn down a second round pick for, you know, I mean, I understand they're a Super Bowl contender, so they don't want, you know, it's good to have the depth, but like second. I round mean, they spent a lot for Lance, so, you know, they want to go with him. Well, and they get the pick back. They get one of the picks back that they're going to need in the future. You get yeah. a second round pick, you give up. Gar- I mean, Garoppolo to me is makes the most sense. And it may. And the problem that the Niners have is that if Garoppolo is four and one, five and one, and you can tell that he's not really carrying the. He's not really, you know, carrying the load. He's just sort of uh, a, uh, you know, just what, what's it called? A caretaker. But right. the Niners are good. It's going to be hard to switch midstream to an unknown because the team's successful. And then you're basically squandering one of Lance's, uh, you know, rookie contract years. And not, you know, look at look at Alex Smith uh, uh, during uh, Mahomes' rookie year. Alex Smith had a really good year. And they didn't play Mahomes except that one game that they didn't need. And Mahomes looked good in that game. And then Alex Smith was let go and, and Mahomes uh, took over. But I mean, there's almost no doubt now that like Mahomes would have been even better than Alex Smith after a few games, even though Alex Smith was good. And they just couldn't really make the switch until after the season. Right. Um, and I, I feel like the Niners are, you know, if Lance is good and they're really betting a lot on that, right? Their future on that, you may as well find out now. And you may as well not have this uh, this issue. I don't know. I think Garoppolo is 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 actually the guy that should be in play. And obviously the Niners, they're taking a risk. They won't have a real backup, Nick Mullins or whoever. But Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen. I pulled up yeah, the depth chart when you brought him up. Josh yeah. Rosen. Hey, Josh Rosen. The guy that all the analytics guys said, you got to take this guy over Saquon Barkley, right? It's a right. no-brainer to take one of the top quarterbacks. Take Josh Rosen, right? Well, maybe you'll be vindicated in the end. Put him in, uh, you know, he'll, he'll take over if Trey Lance isn't ready or, or is hurt. The most improbable of events. Uh, Garoppolo gets dealt. Lance gets hurt. In comes Rosen over Sudfeld, and he's good. He's that good. Would be like that would and, be the amazing thing. And then, then they'll come back and say, "You see, the Giants are stupid for taking Barkley over Darnold and uh, and Rosen." But but anyway, yeah, I, I think that is the guy. I don't know what the Niners think, but that seems to me like the no brainer because it's not it's not that it's not good to have two QBs, but you went all in. Just go all in and put your you know put your chips in behind this guy, and you know and and just get rid of the controversy and the tough decision-making. I mean, it wasn't good for the Dolphins to have Fitzpatrick there. I mean, they won 10 games because of him partly, but like, you don't want the drama when the switch is made. You just don't want this. Just, you know, the, the people loyal to Garoppolo, the friends of his on the team, all that stuff, you know, it's, I just say, just make a clean break and get a, a draft pick. And I guarantee the Colts would, I, I mean, I don't know if they can uh, deal with it cap wise. This is the, the other area that I'm not, you know, I don't really like study the stuff, but make it happen, you know, like figure, figure something out. Yeah. Uh, Colts-related question here, and we'll move on from the Colts. Nature Calm asks, would you keep Taylor for a third rounder or Dobbins for an eighth? Does this change things so much? I mean, here's the, you know, keeper questions. We don't, you know, they're kind of weird about that way, but five rounds difference between those two. 
That's tough. You're getting a first round player in the third round, though. That that's tough to pass up. What say you, Chris? Well, let's look at it from like an auction perspective, right? Taylor goes for like 50-ish, 55-ish probably now with uh mm -hmm. with Wentz out. And you're getting him at a third round price, which is what, like 38-ish. So you're saving about 17 bucks, right? Right. Dobbins goes for probably 38 right now, 40 maybe. And you get him for an eighth round price, which is probably like 12, right? 15. Yeah. I don't know. So probably the bigger savings is with with Dobbins. I mean, at some point you need to have the the overall upside, you know, the overall league winning thing. I think it's pretty close. My, well, my, so here's here's what I would I would say is like, are the first rounders last year keepable in the first round, or do you have to toss them back? Right. There's a, there's a keeper league. Right. I forgot about that. Right. So like, in, I'm using auction values from a a redraft league. Mm -hmm. So in a keeper league, Taylor probably goes. I don't even know, like 80, 75, right? Because if it's any, if our yeah, because of inflation, and then Dobbins probably goes for fifty or sixty, um, and then there's like a twenty dollar gap. Um, I mean, you know. clearly, Do I mean, if there's first round talent available in the first round, meaning that you could either get Taylor or one of those other first rounders. In I the say first Taylor, round. Taylor, Taylor. No, I'm going to say keep Taylor in the keeper league because okay. because the third round pick is more like a six round pick. It's not forty. I, I totally. We got to calibrate that down with all the keepers. I don't know. It depends how many guys are kept, you know, on each team. But if there's like three or four keepers on each team, then go with the top guy. And if it's one, you just then then it's a little bit different, right. uh, trickier there. Right. But this is yeah, why these questions are so. It's you know it's, they're it's hard so to answer. There's yeah. no context dependent. Absolutely, absolutely about that one there. All right, let's keep rolling. Uh, Devonte Smith. Well, actually, before we talk about Devonte Smith, let's get a quick note in from our friends at Blue Wire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, that was a quick note from Blue Wire. Uh, let's talk about uh, Devontae Smith. He's got the MCL injury. He's out at least two to three weeks. Eagles, uh, you know, they had the, the the training camp injury last year on their rookie receiver, Jalen Rieger. He got hurt trying to make a tackle, tackle on an interception in training camp last year. Bad harbinger for uh, Carson Wentz's season, by the way, as it turned out. But uh, uh, at any rate, this is real second man, year in a man, row. Real man receiver gives his life for a training camp tackle. Gives his life. 
Or it's a just, real man just says, screw the quarterback, go ahead, score. But No, no, no. You give your life on that tackle in training camp. Just like Eloy Jimenez uh, jumping over the fence and separating his shoulder <laughs> on, a, on a preseason home run. Uh, that's how a real man plays. But, yeah, this is bad. It's not that bad. I mean, MCL, uh, this is like a common thing. They know how long this takes. This isn't like some nebulous foot surgery or uh, soft tissue injury where mm -hmm. this could linger forever. I mean, usually MCLs, I mean, you can have a situation where it's not right and it bothers them all year, but usually this kind of thing, it's a couple, two to three weeks. They know what this is. They deal with it. I don't think it's even getting surg surgically repaired. I think it's just, he's just letting it heal. Um, so hopefully they let it heal and he's got two or three weeks before week one to get up to speed with his quarterback. Um, I downgraded him a few spots, but I didn't drastically downgrade him. Okay. Um, I, I did downgrade him a little bit. I think he might be going a little high to begin with. Uh, but, uh, you know, at, at any rate, uh, I, I think it's kind of one of those guys. I, I, I don't want to have a whole lot of there. Yeah. Some of the fun of having a live background there, huh? But I, I can't uh, see, I can't see what's going on. I'm not logged oh, in. What's oh, the comments? Oh, let me see. Let's see the comments. No, no one in the comment. No, no one said anything in the comments. Just you had, you had someone crossing behind you. Oh, I did. Yeah. But it's Grand Central Station here, you know. Yes, it is. Um, that's, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, it's a kind of a Jalen Hurts is not shaky in, in, in job security purposes, but his quality of throws is maybe still in dispute a little bit. And you're, you want to get him to work with these young receivers. You want to have this time in together. And that's why I'm kind of like a little wary of taking De Devontae Smith where he goes. Obviously, he's going a little, he'll go, he'll go a little later now. Uh, but if his current ADP was among wide receivers, uh, he was wide receiver. I'm pulling it up now on, uh, uh, for the NFFC, uh, Devontae Smith was wide receiver 34, going ahead of DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd. Boy, Chark is that low. I'm always higher on Chark, so I, I don't, sometimes I don't realize how low his ADP was. But Boyd, ahead of Debo, ahead of Antonio Brown, ahead of Brandon Cooks. I take all those over Devontae Smith now, and I would have taken Chark and Boyd over him to begin with. I would have taken him over Boyd. I had Chark higher than him. Chark, a little uncertain. I mean, it's a new quarterback new regime i mean who mm -hmm. knows chark's just six four like 210 he's he's kind of like aj green build and he had that breakout with Minshew as the qb so i think there's some serious upside with him and i think there's good upside with smith i mean i do think there's two schools of this you know some people think he's just too slight to to really you know have a good workload and survive in the nfl and some people think no he's really really good in college and he's just going to be the exception to the rule and i don't know the answer to that I think it's a legitimate concern, but he's the 10th overall pick. He was a superstar in college. He's the number one receiver on his team, de facto. I mean, there's no one else really there. And he's going to get a lot of targets, right? But he's got this setback. Okay, downgrade him a little because it's, you know, it's an injury, but it doesn't seem to likely to linger into the regular season. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I think he's appropriately priced then. And I think now that he's going down, um, you know, 10 spots or whatever, I think that's also still an appropriate place to take him. Yeah, maybe so. I guess the the build. I'm buying the arguments a little bit that they're scared of the build on him. That he's 170. Uh, it's just it's the Hollywood Brown argument from last year when he bulked had to bulk up to get over 170. Uh, I, I just I, I I'm wary of him. I'm just wary of him lasting a 17 game season. I, it's a fair it's a fair point. I mean, I think like 5'10", 185 is sort of the minimum. You know, for the Tyree Kills, the Antonio Browns, they're 5'10", 185. Mm -hmm. If you're you know got 10%, you know, five, 8% body fat, and you're 5'10, 185, you're pretty strong. 
and you can handle it. You can handle the NFL. That's a proven size that can work. Now you start going to six feet, 170. Now you're two inches taller, yet 15 pounds lighter. Um, you know, it's pushing it. It's pushing it for sure. You know, Marquise Brown was 165. He was like 5'10", 165 at the time. That's kind of a similar BMI to, to Smith. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson was 5'9", 175. I mean, these guys are, they're small. Um, yeah. And you have these JJ Nelson types and who are 155, 165, and now 22 Atwell. And there might be one that becomes the exception. You know, we have all these things. I, I think it's really interesting when you get to, well, you know, LeBron James is 6'9, 260. No way he's going to get seven assists a game. Nobody in, you know, NBA history at that weight gets seven assists a game. Well, nobody's LeBron James. Mike Trout's right. 240 pounds. Like, there's no way he can steal bases, you know, throughout his career. Well, he did for a long time and nobody's Mike Trout, you know? And so it's kind of like, okay, well it cuts both ways, right? Like he's six feet, 170. Nobody can succeed at that weight. Well, he was a superstar in college at, you know, a division, not just division one sec college where, right. you know, there's, the, it's not like there's like weak, small people guarding you there. Um, and he lit it up. So, you know, maybe he's that good, you know, in some ways it cuts the other way. Like how was he able to be that good in college at that BMI? Maybe right. he's just incredibly good and and just unusually durable for that build. You know, it cuts both ways. So I, I wouldn't just, you know, sort of drop the mic after the citing his BMI, his height and weight. I, I would say there's certainly a risk that, it, you know, you, you put it up one more notch to the NFL and it's just too small. Um, but there's the other side of it is maybe this guy is just better than anybody of his size ever. And he's going to light up the NFL just like he did college. Devontae Smith could be an all-timer. I mean, you're holding him up to all-timers as, as the standard, though, to be able to overcome the BMI. That well, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not holding up to all-timers. I'm just saying, like, the. I was just using that as the argument, you know, of against this, you know, against a guy is that, well, maybe this guy's unique. And then the guy's been nothing but unique um, throughout college. Well, now in college, it's a little less unique, right? Like some of these, uh-oh, just lose you. Shoot. Wonder who's live. I think I'm still live. I think it's Jeff. Jeff dropped off. Come on, Jeff. Third world country, Monrovia. There he is. He's back. back. I'm back. Okay. okay. I was like, who dropped off? And then it's like still ticking on my end. I'm like, yeah. I, lo I love the I love the little caption on the bottom says, you're in the show. Everyone can see and hear you. Meaning, like, be careful. Like you're you're live on air. Like don't <laughs> something, <laughs> yeah. something Tommy G. But uh yeah, yeah that's exactly, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe not all timers, but uh, you know they have to be special to overcome that. Right. And he, but, yeah, he is. That, but he's done it so far. So that, that's the question. Yeah. Is like, I'm not saying he is special because of that. I'm saying that he's done it. Instead of saying, oh well, you know, he'll never do it. That he's done it so far. At, you know, he's a top ten pick. That might, he didn't just do well at college. He destroyed right. college. And so you're talking about like he's already sort of in rarefied company, someone of that build to destroy college, then, you know, it's like, oh, he can't do the NFL or no, this guy's uniquely gifted. Those are the two ways it could go. Now, obviously right. it's more likely that he's not like all time uniquely gifted, but you know, even if there's like, again, the more unusual the, the, the person doing what he's doing is the more likely it is that he's gifted, put it that way. For sure. I, I think, you know, and then also, so people always use that argument. Like he's unusual. He's not going to make it, but, Again, I'm just showing that it cuts both ways. And we made comparisons to Deshaun Jackson, but let's face it, for a couple of years, Deshaun Jackson made plays. I mean, yeah, we, we think of a recent history where he barely gets on the field, but 
there there were years where he was a, a huge, incredible playmaker too. He was he's one of the greatest deep threats in NFL history, Deshaun. Yes, Jackson. yeah. Now, Deshaun Jackson, though, for fantasy purposes, could not, you know, get 140 targets and over the middle and take the hit. He's just not that guy, right? Um, and you know, maybe Devonta Smith is going to be the same thing. Like he's just going to be a deep guy, playmaker, going to get hurt a bunch. You know, Will Fuller's another guy that has a low BMI. He's tall and, and not very heavy. And mm -hmm. we see what happened to him. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, and I think Stefani Bell's talked about this, a lot of stuff is like ligament, you know, genetic ligament uh, density, strength. I mean, stuff like that that's just sort of unknowable, right? Like right. in some ways being light, right? When you plant and get hit, you're not like, there's not so much muscle that you're carrying around, so much weight that you're carrying around on your ligaments and your joints. So I don't know. I, I think it's an open question, but I, I took him in the seventh round and, uh, I wouldn't have taken the seventh round if I knew he had torn his, uh, slightly torn his MCL. But for sure, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm not like you know. We'll see. The jury's like far from out on this. Yeah, that's true. That that that's absolutely true. Um, and just you got to expect. You know, he's going to be a playmaker. He's not going to be a PPR guy. I don't think Jalen Rieger is necessarily like a big PPR guy either. So I guess what I'd be looking at, although they're saying he's probably going to line up in the slot a little bit more. What I think that means is, hey, Dallas Goddard might be the heavy volume guy. He might be. I mean, Ertz is still there too, you know? So yeah, uh, that's, that's the problem. A couple of tight ends. I mean, Goddard may just completely supplant Ertz. He's, he was last year. Um, I don't know that Devonta Smith though, is not going to be the PPR guy. Like again, like <laughs> the BMI says it's going to be hard, but he's the number one receiver. And maybe Ertz is just like, wow, this guy's amazing. I'm going to get him the ball as much as possible. I mean, we just don't really know. Um, but yeah. And he's not like, you know, I guess in high school, he didn't, he didn't have a 40 time because he had a thumb injury and he didn't uh, skip the school's pro day, but he ran a four, four, nine in high school, which is fast for high school, but it's not like, you know, he doesn't seem like an elite burner. He, now, now he might be, you know, Odo Beckham was timed to four, four, two. And every time he had the ball in his hands, he was a threat to go to the house. So he may be a little bit faster than time speed and four, four, nine in high school might be four, four in college or four, three, eight or something. So, um, We'll see. He, he, in college, he certainly made some big plays, 15.9 per catch, 18.5 right. the year before. Yeah, that's right. All right, before we move on to the next item, a uh, quick note from our title sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. Even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Do you want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, Liz's favorite, or try your hand at Baccarat. Although I can see Chris wearing that, like that blazer, the smoking jacket oh. and playing Baccarat online. So but. I was with that nutless monkey, Dalton Del Don in Vegas. And we walked past the, like the high limit room in the R. There's like a high limit room. And I'm like, dude, why aren't you in there? Real man's in the high limit room. What are you doing? You know? Uh, and he would not go in. He refused to go in there. That's because they already knew him there. He's embarrassed about it. He wanted to go. He was going to show up there later after you went to bed. He was embarrassed but. to go with me. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. like, I can't be seen in the high limit room with you. That's right. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, ten Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet 
up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson and Chris Liss here on the Monday podcast. A lot Wait, of news. It, where does this show have any listeners? We only have 120,000 listeners right now. What's going on, Jeff? What, do what, you does mean? It say? what does it say? How many listeners we have live? Does it show? Does it tell you? Uh, it, it, the, it, well, there's from various mediums. It only tells you like the one that's on, only on Periscope, and it, oh. and it changes every 12 oh. seconds. Yeah. So, so what do we have? 100, 120,000 only? Yeah, only. Yeah. All right. We'll see. There's a new listener every 12 milliseconds. Yeah, of course. Julio Jones exit, exited practice early today. Probably not a big deal. Uh, they, they were not worried, but uh, just glad we mentioned him because I want to bring him up in the context of Tennessee's offense this year. Are we going to have the so, weed discussion again about Julio Jones, or are we going to skip that for the podcast? Uh, you can mention it. No, uh, you know there's that lawsuit pending on uh, against yeah. him and Roddy White for absconding with the weed and reselling it or something like that. I just, I'm just i just saying I bumped him up two rounds because of that. I yeah, real him. man. Real man, for sure. Real man absconds with the weed. Can't help so, it. You know, a couple of things I want to talk about. I think adding Julio this year, we should be bumping up Tannehill a little bit. I know they lost Corey Davis. I know they lost the tight ends. But now you got like two major wideouts and A.J. Brown and Julio on the outside. And I just think that they got to optimize that a little bit more. And maybe this lessens the workload of Derrick Henry a little bit, you know, because you have to account for both these guys. You can't just put both these guys out on the island. You have to kind of account for them a lot more. Yeah, I think uh... – so I don't think it's going to change things that much. And Corey Davis was really good last year. And at who, times, at times, Corey Davis disappeared in games too. Though. Well, they didn't throw him the ball, but he was good when they, he can't, you know, make them target him. I mean, it's, but he was good. And yeah. John U. Smith was good. Although Ferkser might be decent also. Um, but, you know, so it's definitely an upgrade um, to, to Julio, but I don't think it affects Derrick Henry. I don't really think it affects the overall offense. I think Arthur Smith leaving could affect things, although I think they're going to run it the same way. Um, I don't know. I bumped up, you know, I've Tannehill a little bit higher after the Julio signing or trade or whatever, but um, I, I think like they're going to throw, I, I'm still 16 game season calibrated, but like 500 times in 17 games, 510, uh, Tannehill's mobile, but the offense is going to run through Henry. I think it's going to be exactly the same. But instead of having like, you know, those Adam Humphreys targets or those whatever targets, it's going to be more concentrated among Brown and Julio. Yeah, I, it's going to be a nice narrow tree. I, I think it's very similar to Minnesota. You know, you've got feature back, two stud wideouts, a, a good tight end, but not great. Um, and not really, you know, the ancillary parts around them aren't that special. Yeah, I mean, I actually think Irv Smith is got real upside but maybe first does i don't really know much about first i just think Irv Smith right. is in the perfect spot to break out but it is similar uh the only difference is you know the in minnesota they throw to the back in tennessee they don't so right. that's even more targets for the receivers but minnesota also throws 560 times and 550 whatever it's going to be and tennessee's about 50 60 less attempts so there's it's a minnesota's a narrow tree and a lot of volume yeah i think uh We'll see about both respective defenses. Both had bad defenses last year, too, which was interesting. That Tennessee was able to run the ball that much despite having a bad defense. We always talk about, well, bad defense equals more pass attempts. But that wasn't true of Tennessee last year. Well, Tennessee, actually, their defense was probably really, really bad last year because when you can run successfully and kind of chew the clock, keep your defense off the field, um, usually it's better even if it's not that good. There was a year that Dallas 
I think they gave DeMarco Murray like 400 carries and, and they had a great offensive line and the defense, maybe, maybe it was with Zeke. I can't remember, but their offense was really good at chewing up clock and running and the defense was, which was crap actually was average because it just was so well rested. It wasn't stuck right. in the field. Like right at, you know, I mean, fatigue is a real thing for a defense. You know, if you have to keep going three and out, you go right back on the field, you're tired. That's a real handicap. So if you can run and keep, keep the ball, um, I think it helps your defense. I think Minnesota's defense is going to be good. Um, they, Mike Zimmer's the defensive coach. He's been good with that. Um, and, uh, I think the, the way they kind of run and keep possession, I, I, like I would draft Minnesota's defense as, you know, not, obviously not one of the first ones, but one of the, uh, you know, one of the ones that are, you know, after the first few off the board, um, Daniel Hunter's back. I think that's a big uh, one. They, they didn't, they missed him basically all season last year. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Going back to Tennessee real quick, you know, this is the third year in a row. Last week of the season, they play the Texans. We miss out on that juicy, juicy game against the Texans where Henry has gone off each of the last two years in that final week of the season. Great if you have him in the state league other, other or in DFS. Otherwise, you're missing out uh, because that, that one huge game every single year, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want to have bad matchups in the playoffs, but you don't really know. I mean, they could easily like rest him, you know, in the, that game, you know, because they, you know, their playoff seat is locked up and he's had a huge workload over a long season. So uh, you never know. But yeah, you, you'd like to see the, but the whole division's good. I mean, you know, two, two Jaguars games, two Texans games. And if you are the Colts who have a good defense, you get pretty much six games against soft defenses. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, no, yeah, there's no reason to keep Jonathan Taylor in the five spot. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's funny. Like we were talking earlier, how like the NFC East, the this division schedule is backloaded. The football team, I think they played five of their six division games in the last five weeks of the season. I've never seen anything so backloaded. I, there's a couple other scheduled quirks. Cleveland, this is one that came up yesterday with Jim Coventry. They play they, their bye week is week thirteen. Week twelve, they play at Baltimore. Week thirteen, bye. Week fourteen, Baltimore again. I've never seen that where the two games in a row are against the same team. Does Baltimore have a bye also on the in-between week? Uh, that is something I will look up while we're talking and I can tell you, but that, uh, that's kind of unfair. It's like, Oh, you play us once. Yeah. They play. Okay. No, they play. No, they don't. They go, they go Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Right? Yeah, and Cle Pittsburgh, it's always nasty against Pittsburgh. That's it. And, and it's at, at Pittsburgh and at Cleveland back to back with Cleveland gone. Arrest, arrested Cleveland. I know that's a tough, did the Ravens have that? Who, who had the horrible schedule last year? Was it the Ravens when they had to like because of the postponement? Was it the well, Ravens? They, they had the self-inflicted horrible schedule. The Steelers are the team that got screwed. Remember, the Steelers was, both had two postponements. They had the Tennessee postponement and the Baltimore postponement. But one team had like a whole bunch of games on the road and didn't get a buy, yeah. and you had to use up their buy super early. Yeah, yeah, it's it Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if the rules are like set in stone or or what, but. Like, I don't know. Things are changing so fast with like what's acceptable, what's not. Like they may, you know, who knows what the the situation is? Because the, the NFL, they said they're not going to reschedule games after right. the year. But if like you know, it, it seems like a lot of these vaccinated guys are coming up positive, and what are they going to do? Like if it's just like widespread, I mean, you know, they're going to have to either enforce their rules and have a really screwy season. Last year was okay, I thought. Last year. There were some, you know, anomalies like Pittsburgh, but I felt like as a whole, the season played out pretty fairly, and you know, it wasn't like with a couple of exceptions. Green Bay, San Francisco, that Thursday night game was garbage. Well, San Francisco the... had to leave for another reason. The fires, right? Like that was another issue that they had. 
Yeah. And then, of course, there, the worst one was Denver, New Orleans, where Denver had to play with a wide no receiver quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. No quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of bad things, but like in general, right? Like it felt like the Bucs won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs were in this, and it was all like legit. Like they, yeah. it wasn't like a cheap season. Um, it still was garbage, though, for the NFL to come out and say, no games were postponed or were canceled this year. We got, we got through everybody. Oh yeah, it's because you had the, you conjured up these little things to get through it. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, in general, they pulled it off, right? But right now, um, you know, there'll be more rules, and like, if who knows, you know, it's like th- they may just have to like choose between ruining the season or scrapping their rules. Like they may just have a choice to make at some point, because um, you know, if it if it gets a lot of people turn up positive, like you can't just have wholesale games forfeited every week. You know, you can't have that. Last year, like. They, they pulled it off. Like there wasn't really, again, we, we noted the exceptions, but for the most part it played out. So I'm, I'm very curious to see like if they really stick to this because it may just destroy their entire season if they do. Yeah. It, it's going to be wild. And we already saw it. You know, we talked about how, uh, well, maybe we didn't talk about it yet here on the podcast. We t- definitely talked about it on the show with Baltimore's COVID issues right now and all that. And Minnesota had one. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sec, actually. Let's, we'll, we'll dig into that a little. Dyna- uh, but first a note from our friends at Dynasty Owner. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? If if so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries to the diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find anyone to play in your league with? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing one, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Again, that's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire and start your dynasty today. We had uh, the owner of Dynasty Owner, Tim Peffer, on last week. Uh, good talk, just Dynasty talk, generally speaking with him. Good stuff there. And I know RotoWire's Joe Bartle and Jerry Donabedian are both in a, a industry league. My uh, friend Chris Harris is in there as well. It's a good product. Uh, we are here with you know, Chris and I are here right now. We mentioned the COVID issue. That uh, Lamar Jackson won't return before Friday, maybe Saturday at the at the earliest. Uh, the, you know, Minnesota, all their quarterbacks are are quarantined right now. Uh, because I think one, uh, the rookie quarterback, Kellen Mond, tested positive. Kirk Cousins couldn't do uh, – they had like one quarterback that could do things. Miami's got a tight end breakout right now. That's not code for anything, as Chris know. likes to say. But, yeah. you know, point is, we're, we're still dealing with this. And it seems like there's a little bit of a resurgence lately. Yeah, I mean, there is a contagious variant spreading. That's just a fact, right? I, I personally – I'm a fallible human being. I'm not worried about these athletes. I mean, maybe there's a long-term effect, but in the short term, I'm not worried about these athletes. Like I've said this many times. If my player has a hamstring injury, I'm panicked. If my player has COVID, don't even think about it. I'm like, okay, he's out a few days. Um, better to get it over in training camp than in the regular season. Like I'm just not concerned about it. Like I don't right. think it's going to affect them. There may be one random guy that, you know, suffers some, hopefully he doesn't, but that does suffer some longer term things, but it is by far the exception. So um, if you see uh, in baseball, we're going, you know, if you see your pitcher, he's on the DL, you're like, uh Oh, and then you're like, Oh, it's COVID. He'll be back. Maybe he'll miss a start at worst. Um, so I don't really factor that into my rankings at all. Um, hopefully they have some immunity from it and they're not going to be, um, missing regular season time. Hopefully they recover completely. And, uh, that's my expectation. 
Okay, very good. Let's go specifically to Baltimore right now. You and I talked to uh, Lamar Jackson versus uh, Kyler Murray. I was on the Jackson side. You were on the Murray side. This may push Murray ahead of Jackson for me. Just less time to work with this guys. I know you said on the show, don't worry about the wideout so much. Just get Mark Andrews. Uh, let's look at that passing game just a little bit here. Um, they do have, you know, they, they do, have, you know, Hollywood Brown actually was better towards the end of the season last year. And in the playoff game, I think he made a big play too. Uh, yet he's got a hamstring injury right now. It's worse than people th- that the Ravens were not that people or the Ravens originally thought who cares about people. We care about yeah. the rate, what the Ravens thought, but, uh, you know, you look at what he's done. I care about people for the record. Unless yes, you, yeah, you, you're, you're very, but if you look, I'm starting, the only one. yeah, I know, I know you, your lone voice of passion, compassion in the wilderness. I, I here. really am starting from week 12 through the playoffs. He was really, really good. I know arbitrary endpoints for the win, but, uh, in those eight games, 534 yards receiving. He uh, had six receiving touchdowns. You know, he, he did nothing early on, kept on falling short, had some drops. But he played much better towards uh, uh, down the stretch. I know, like, there's some hype machine in, in drafts, and I bought into that hype last year. I, you know, he's almost like a post-hype sleeper now if he can be healthy. Yeah, I had him ranked. I moved him up. And then the hamstring injury, I moved him back down. And the hamstring is, is terrible for someone like him. Uh, right. But hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully it doesn't get aggravated. He strikes me as the kind of guy that will aggravate it because if you're like putting on extra muscle for your frame to try to like get up to it, that to me is like a red flag. Um, you might be getting too strong for your natural build maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of making this stuff up. I don't, I'm not like, I don't have, kind like of. A, I don't yeah. have like a rigorous uh, methodology about this, but, um, I, I see the upside of him. Um, but I, I, I want him like just to get like a, you know, in the next few days they're like, ah, oh, yeah, it was worse. And we, we thought he'd be back in practice tomorrow, but he'll be back this week. And he comes back and he says, yeah, I'm fine. It was nothing. It was precautionary. Then I'm good. But if he's out for another week, week and a half, and we're not sure it's just going to be hard for me to draft him in the, top 10 rounds you know i just i just I don't want, i don't want a problem you know i don't uh you know i i just don't want something because like you, you look at devonta smith's mcl like it's an mcl we know sort of the end point to that usually it's it's a common thing it heals it takes this long usually these soft tissue injuries are just who the hell knows man it's such a it's it's such a problem you know if he slips because people are panicked and he's 11th round sure give me give me a maybe in the 10th but um you know, it's, it's got to be, you know, it might be on a team that I have a lot of wide receivers already, and it's sort of just the f- upside flyer, too. And, and, of course, you have to ask yourself, what's the upside? What You know, what's the payoff if he does, you know, if everything's well to, to, to account for the risk? He had one 10-target game all year last year. Right. He had three rushing attempts all year, so you're not getting the Robert Woods jet sweep bonus or anything like that. You're you, you know, you don't look at, you look at the red zone targets. They're typically not huge because he's He's not huge. He's not a big guy. He's 5'9", 180, and 180 is a boost over what he used to be. Right. Uh, you know, so so you have to ask yourself, what's the upside? And so, you know, it'd be it, it's one thing if you know, like, okay, he is the man. He's going to get all the targets. He's going to be a target monster. No, he's never going to be that guy. Yeah, he's never going to. He's never going to get 140 targets. I I think that's far fetched. And um, and they don't throw that much either. You know, Lamar Jackson runs, and the running backs run. You know, Dobbins and Edwards are going to run a lot too. Right. So, and he's not going to get much red zone because Mark Andrews is the guy there. So you're right. I think the ceiling is the ceiling is good. The ceiling's like 115 targets, 
you know, 78 catches for 1,275 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty good, but that's like the nine to me, that's like the 90th percentile. Yeah. So if I'm drafting this week, he, he has to be a huge discount before I take him. Uh, that, that, that's really the takeaway. I agree with your construction on that one there. Uh, Mark Andrews last year, uh, you know, it wasn't as ma- a huge year as we were expecting. It was fine. He got 701 yards. He had seven touchdowns, 58 catches, all lower than the year before. Some would argue the year before illustrated that he was a little bit touchdown dependent on his value. And there, there's a certain degree of, of accuracy to that. You know, he's never had a, a more than 98 targets in a season, you know, so far. It's, you know, last two years, he's been the main guy in that, that their main tight end target. I still like him a lot. I still have him like tight end five. Uh, I think I like Hawkinson slightly better than him. Uh, but that's, that's, that's debatable. Uh, what's his ceiling? Is there, is there another level in him that we haven't I, seen? I yet? think so. Most tight ends peak around year four. He's in year four. Um, he's been good since he was a rookie. He had 11 yards of target as a rookie. Um, he was great his second year. Last year, those numbers were in 14 games. So, you know, if you add on two more games, you know, he's probably got 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, so he's one of the better tight ends in the league. He's the favorite uh, red zone target of Lamar Jackson. The limitation is is simply that the Ravens do not throw that much. They just don't. Um, right. And that is... You know, they're, they're just never going to be that like 600 pass attempt team. And so all of the passing game suffers and Bateman's there and Watkins is there and it's, you know, somebody's going to get shut out. But I just think of all those guys, Andrews is the guy that Lamar Jackson trusts the most. He's the guy. He's the guy he targets. He looks for in the red zone um, and he's really good. And he's in a part of his career where he's his very peak. Yeah, uh, that's true. That is true. And you, you're, you're right about the like the, the timing aspect of it there that tight ends do peak later. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe there is another level. Yet. Maybe they'll do it. He's 25. He's a little older than most tight ends. Not like, you know, not like uh, Hayden Hurst old. You know, that was one of the things that kind of cracked me up. You know, when when Hurst, Her, I think Hurst came in the same year, right? And he's 27. You look at his profile picture on Rotowire, he looks like he's 35. Yeah, uh, tight end is a rough job. But, you know, Hawkinson's yeah. 24. You know, so Hawkinson was, was drafted – a couple of years after Andrews and he's only maybe one year. He's, tw- he's only a year younger. So this is year three for Hawkinson. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's drafted the year after Andrews. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I, I think Hawkinson definitely has a lot of PPR upside. I mean, a hundred targets last year in a full season, uh, mm-hmm. Andrews had 88 and 14. So they've gotten about the same amount of targets per game. The lions obviously are, you know, no more stat, but you know, he's going to get a downgrade in quarterback. Um, he's going to have, is it a massive downgrade? How big of a downgrade is it from Stafford to Goff? Is it massive? I think it's pretty big. I mean, it might not matter as much for a tight end, uh, but yeah, I think Goff is just a just a guy. JG, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, just a guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Stafford is, you know, he's not quite a Hall of Fame quarterback, though. If he won a Super Bowl, they'd be talk about it. But he's, you know, one of the guys, he's like Rivers or one of those guys who's been good for a long time. You know, yeah. and I think it's a different. I think there is a different level between golf and. and I think Stafford. you're right. I just wonder how much of a degree because I think Stafford underachieved it at, at some ways and forms too. So, I, and, I guess. And, and let's look at Hawkinson. Like he, you know, he's a high draft pick, eighth overall, uh, which is really high for a tight end. But like he's only had, you know, eleven yards per catch, ten yards per catch, six yards per target, seven yards per target, and that's with that's with Stafford 
you know, his quarterback. He hasn't made no, the big plays. He, it wasn't all Stafford, though, last year. Right. And right. it wasn't all Stafford two years ago. Right. So Stafford was hurt. Um, I want to look at the actual. And Hawkinson was hurt in his rookie year. Yeah. You remember right. he had major he missed, he missed four games. Stafford yeah. was all last year with Stafford. And last year uh, and two years ago, his rookie year, both Stafford and Hawkinson missed time. But last year was completely Stafford for the whole year. And he had 7.2 Stafford yards. just played hurt. That's right. That's right. Played he through it. He was hurt. Yeah. He had 10, 10 yards per catch. So maybe Hawkinson, I mean, the you know, remember, O.J. Howard is a major prospect pedigree guy too. But do we know how good Hawkinson is? I mean, it's, you know, Andrews has been objectively better than Hawkinson so far in their careers. I'm not had saying 101 I'm, targets last year, 723 yards, 67 catches. I don't know. I'm, I'm and, and, and here's the other thing. The lions lost every, like lost, like the top whiteouts. So you look they at lost, the, they lost Galladay and Jones and they replaced him with Perriman. And uh, who's the other guy that's there? That's kind you, of a Tyrell Williams, Tyrell and Williams, Quintez Cephas yeah. and Amon Ross, but, St. Brown, who's remember, getting some buzz and, I remember yeah. Galladay had no, he didn't play last year, basically Galladay. He missed the whole year. So it was just, they lost Marvin Jones basically. And they got Perriman and Tyrell Williams. Like, yeah, Marvin Jones is pretty good, but like, that's all they lost. So people are like, oh my God, Hawkins is going to go crazy. There's no one there. Well, there was only Marvin Jones there and he got 101 targets and, you know, and he got 7.2 yards per target, 10.8 yards per catch. It's not like he lit it up with Stafford and very thin receivers last year. Now, maybe again, he's in his third year. Uh, tight ends tend to peak uh, year three, year four, year five. They take a little while. So maybe Hawkins is just going to come to his own and dominate. He might. But if your argument is, well, this is Hawkins is going to go crazy because he's the only game in town when last year, the only other guy that's there was Marvin Jones and, and no Perriman and no other guys they brought in. And those other guys like Cephas uh, will be in his second year and have more experience. And then you downgrade the quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like it's, it's so obvious he's going to get like 130 targets or something. Yeah. Well, and again, I think it's more like, I think there's steady improvement and steady improvement is enough for me to push the needle a little bit farther just because I think Andrew's targets are capped. Uh, yeah. Whereas I don't think Hawkinson's are necessarily capped at least yeah. at, at to the same level. Uh, before we sign off, one more quick uh, advertising note. Auto New Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty league like a real GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and college player prospects. Stash the next rookie of the year while he's still tearing up Saturdays. Trade for superstars to make a championship push. Develop a team over multiple years. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. Visit O-T-T-O-N-E-U dot com today that's auto new I, I play the baseball version i know a lot of our staff play the football version and have a really good time nipshaw does a great job uh, he is uh really responsive to customer feedback does great work so uh, please uh support auto new when you get a chance if you were looking for a new way to play uh let's stick with the lines real quick while we uh, just finish up here uh, i talked about the concept of you know training camp hype positive and negative and what it might do multiple times during the summer and even now uh, during uh, training camp, we've heard talk about how Jamal Williams is going to play a pretty significant role in this Detroit backfield. And I've seen a lot of pushback saying, hey, don't let this push down Swift. You know, others like, no, he's really going to get a real role. He's really going to play a lot. What say you on this? How much? Anyway, he could still, both things could be true, by the way. Don't push it. It's just be that they run the ball a lot. That could be the op option too. But what's your take on Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, and all this talk? Um, we have a note on Swift 
from uh, uh, assistant head coach Deuce Staley, who was a former running back, that uh, Swift's role could grow significantly, suggesting that the star, quote, and three down back could have 25 touches a game. So he said, Jamal going to have a lot. Stop right there real quick. You know how many touches 25 touches a game is? Yeah, I know. It's it's 1,400 over 16-game season. It, it's it's a. I mean, I'm 400. <laughs> 400 over. It's 400 over. Correct you. Yeah. Uh, it's like that's yeah. what I meant to say. 400 over the uh, 16 game season, which you know it's, people do get 400 touches. You know, you 450 get 450 over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, well, the 425 over. 4, 425 over a 17 game season. Yeah, yeah it, it's crazy. People do get. You know, you could get 300 carries, and well, you won't get 100 catches with that. But McCaffrey had 280 carries, or 276 carries, and a. Hundred and McCaffrey had basically 400 touches that year in 2019. Um, and they could give Swift a lot of touches, maybe 25 is an exaggeration, but you know, 20. Yeah. Um, but I do think they're going to want to run it a ton, uh, especially with the philosophy of their head coach. And I think, like, that's why I like, I think Hawkinson will get his targets, but I think people are like assuming something that may not be true. Now, the Lions may be behind a lot, uh, in which case, you know, the, the playbook's going to say throw, but. They don't always throw a ton just because you're behind, you know, until you get behind three touchdowns, uh, maybe you start throwing. But if the quarterback is struggling and the they may just sort of like, you know, do the the white flag thing where they just tip the king and, and run the ball. Um, I'm looking at the the Lions defense. You know, they drafted Jeff Okuda last year and I think he was banged up. But and maybe, then struggled. Yes. Yeah. Maybe the defense will be, you know, average or a little bit better uh, this year. But. Anyway, uh, speaking of that, I mean, we had that uh, discussion of which coaches are CEO types. Matt Patricia, not a CEO type. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and, uh, and, and, and Dan Campbell was like biting. He was doing his Ozzy Osbourne impersonation at that introductory press conference. He's like, yeah. "We're gonna beat the crap out of him." We're gonna, you know, it's just like biting a head off a lawn. You, you never know. You never know. You know, you don't don't let it. You know, it's funny. It's like the the analyst guys hate Gettleman. I think he's done a decent job. They hate certain guys. They hated Vrabel. You never know, mm-hmm. you know, who's what kind of coach, like who's the guy who actually runs a tight ship. I think it's unlikely that Campbell's that kind of guy, but you know, yeah. you can have a goofy press conference and still be a good manager. Um, but I, I could see the Lions running it a whole lot. So I like Swift. I, I think Swift is a, you know, uh, Sislowski took him in the third round of reversal, the first pick of the third round. And I, I like that pick. I would love to get Swift in the third round. You know, if I didn't go receiver, I had the 2.12. So basically, you know, one pick difference, but you know, AJ Brown was still there, but if Brown was not there and I think Montgomery went before Brown had, it, had he not been the case, had Brown gone instead of Montgomery, I would have taken Swift at 2.12. Uh, I, I agree. I think that was a pretty solid spot for him there. Yeah. I, I mean, he's Mario likes him. He's our college guy. I trust Mario with just like the scouting skills type of stuff. Mm-hmm. and he's the guy, and he also made plays last year. You know, he made some mistakes. He had a terrible drop that cost him a game, but he can do pretty much everything. Yeah, he can. And uh, he got 46 catches last year. He's definitely going to be targeted a lot. So yeah, even though with Jamal Williams is there and does catch passes, I think Swift Yeah, I don't think plenty. Jamal Williams is a problem. Everybody has a backup. The backup's going to take 30% of the carries, especially in a 17-game season. If he takes yeah. 36% of the carries, but you're getting a lot of catches – I think you can do it. Now, the only issue is goal line. Um, but, you know, Swift may end up being like Eckler, you know, and Eckler's going in the first round. So I, I think it's uh, it's a really good pick in the third round. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Uh, not really. Uh, I hope uh, Devonta Smith gets better. I'm already getting uh, dunked on by people for taking the guy who got hurt, and I hope he gets better and shuts them up. That's what I'm hoping. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. List trying to dunk back on his uh, on his trolls. So, which never happens ever in any other medium in any other format. So we'll yep. leave it at that. Does not happen. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks to WinBet for sponsoring us. We got Jake and Joe again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.